And a good evening to you all. Welcome to the latest edition of the 8 o'clock spot live here on the Grid Network uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. I am your host slash moderator, Bryson Carver. Great to be with you today. With We're going to have four panels. One is, is, is Tardy showing up late. Yeah, that's, it's, I don't know, that's what it was. It's two times now in three weeks almost for uh, for somebody showing up late in the show. It can't, it can't happen. But uh, a crazy week one in the NFL. We're going to dive straight into it. So we'll go to our first panelist, a guy whose team is 1-0. Matter of fact, everybody down here, their team is 1-0. So very exciting. Not for me as a Steelers fan, but whatever. Uh, Devin, how you feeling today? Your Ravens getting a W over the Houston Texans. I'm feeling real good, Bryce, man. I'm feeling real good. Got that dub in the first week of the season. You know, other than like those Steelers. <laughs> Come on. You play the Houston Texans, okay? Come doesn't, on, matter. doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Football's football. NFL, if they're NFL team, they are NFL uh, ready. So... Yeah, they're not exactly they're not exactly the San Francisco 49ers, but we'll I'll, I'll let that slide. To Alfred Parsar Jr., to Alfred Parsar Jr., a great contributor who has had a very emotionally taxing last 24 hours, I'd imagine, as a New York Jets fan. Uh, how are you holding up today after all that happened last night? Your, your your mic's muted, Al. Your mic's muted, Al. So the adrenaline has officially worn off. Uh, I was there in person at the game last night, so. Uh, whirlwind for me from a devastating injury to a game that came that went to overtime and ended on a punt return. Uh, I think that game should make NFL films because it was a classic. It, it was indeed a classic. It was, it was unbelievable. Uh, to finally, to, to Dalton, who's probably the only uh, panelist here, also a great contributor, also uh, probably the only pe person in here who's uh, actually upset about his team being 1-0. He has a legitimate reason why, uh, at least in my view. Uh, by the way, you are a legitimate Los Angeles Rams fan. Dalton, I'll back you up on that. You could say whatever you want about your team, whether I agree or disagree. But uh, uh, Dalton, how do you feel about your Rams today? Uh, getting one of the more shocking wins of the league and going to Seattle and winning. I mean, look, it's fun to watch your team win. Uh, like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like watching them surprisingly well drive up and down the field was like a terrible thing. Um, but I also like, we got to pick a direction, man. Like I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good with eight and nine or nine and eight. And like, based on what I saw yesterday, that's where we're heading. So I think yesterday bumped up Stafford's trade profile, his trade value. I want him traded tomorrow. That's that you would get a heck of a haul for him, potentially for a team uh, residing in the Meadowlands. And finally, a guy who is lost in the final round back-to-back -back weeks. And I, I apologize to you, Devin, for not referring to you as the defending champion because that's exactly what you are. Congratulations last week trying to defend your crown uh, against uh, a Barry Grant Jr. of the All Even Podcast who's joining us now. And uh, where where the heck is Barry? I, I don't see him. Is he Is he here? Oh, Lord. What is that? Go ahead. Wrench is here, and I would like to have the air What's that? What's I, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Okay, Barry's Barry's dealing with some some audio issues. I don't know what's going on there, but but Barry is. I, I hate to cut you off, Barry, but uh, he, the wrench is, is is dealing with some some serious issues. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. We may have to dock him fifty points, Alfred. We we may have to do that. It, it, it's not great. Wait, may, may, hold on. Say, say it again, Barry. Then we'll get into our topics. I have been getting robbed, and I, and there I, is. I sent you a prepared statement that I would like to have read on air, whether it be to start the show or to end the show. Okay? <laughs> 
stop. I'm not. I'm not reading. I, I. I don't. I don't have anything from you, so I'm not reading anything. Okay. Uh, let's get into. Let's. Let's get into our leaderboard before we even get our rules. So our leaderboard. There's Barry at the top. Uh, really. You know. I'm hoping somebody can catch him. But listen, I have to be honest. Objective is the host. But uh, Barry Grant Jr. Twenty six thousand points, followed by Devin Dalton, Alfred, Mike Guido, Frozone Guido, Adam Bessie, and another. Uh, I would imagine depressed Jets fan. Our, our friend John Rivera from the Fan Perspective Podcast. Uh, so let's get into our first round rules real quick. So a great take award you two hundred points a good take awards you 100 points an okay take nets you 50 and a bad take which will be the case in every round uh will will knock you uh down you won't get anything you get zero points uh for this so the obvious headline the thing that is leading all of sports talk television radio the whole bit is the Aaron Rodgers Jets story. So Aaron Rodgers goes down only four snaps into his New York Jets career, tears his Achilles uh, on, on, a, on a play made by the Bills defensive lineman. Uh, he's then replaced by Zach Wilson of uh, the backup for the New York Jets, who was obviously the number two pick, 2021, is the backup now and is now the starting man. So the question, I'll start with you, Devin, first. Should the uh, New York Jets go in the direction of Zach Wilson, allow him to finish the rest of the season as it being a big year three, or go into a different direction with other quarterbacks? There's Carson Wentz. There's Nick Foles, maybe prime Matt Ryan out of retirement, or even Tom Brady. Do, do you think they go in a different direction or stick with Zach Wilson? Um, if I were the Jets, I think I would go in a different direction. We already seen what Zach Wilson tried to produce the last couple of years, and it was pretty much nothing. Um, so I, I don't think that Zach Wilson is the answer, and Zach Wilson will not be the answer for these uh, guys, uh, especially with their offensive line that we clearly seen is kind of kind of in trouble, except for when they are uh, running the ball. So if if I'm the Jets. I don't think uh, calling Matt Ryan or I don't think calling Matt Ryan is your answer. Um, Carson Wentz is most definitely not your answer either because we already seen what he did in Indianapolis and in Washington, and it wasn't in the good uh, setting. So I, I feel like the I feel like the Jets should have been went in the draft and try to find a quarterback instead of trying to do what the coach did the last few years by putting a band aid on by getting an old quarterback. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, listen, I, I think you make some great points in the sense that you know Zach Wilson has uh, he, he's been given an opportunity the last two years. It's kind of I've heard a lot of people compare him to Trey Lance. Well, the difference is we we cannot like Trey Lance, but Trey Lance hasn't exactly gotten a whole lot of time as a starter. Zach Wilson's gotten plenty of time and hasn't exactly produced, albeit he didn't screw up too bad. Other than the one pick last night, uh, I'll move to you, Barry, the former Jets fan, a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, do you think they should stick with um, Zach Wilson as the starter or go in a different direction with you know potentially a trade or free agency or call somebody out of retirement? They need to go with another option because we've seen enough of Zach Wilson that he's uh he's just very fidgety man he, he, he he's in his third year and even last night you know they're down 10 obviously you know the crowd gets into it he he makes a couple of passes but I'm still not I'm still not sold on this kid it's it just sometimes I feel like the stage is a little too big for him and it, it's it's it might be beneficial to bring in somebody that's been here before with this type of team that can be able to be a game manager and not turn the ball over, not make mistakes. This guy is still learning on the job. You want somebody that is already prepared for this particular stage. This is the reason why they brought in Aaron Rodgers was because that they didn't want to wait to develop a quarterback on the fly. They wanted somebody to be able to get the offense, understand what's going on, be the be the commanding uh, um, you know leader of that offense for the skills skills uh, weapons that they have and go forward with a great defense. You you can't do that now with Zach Wilson if you stick with him. So they have to bring in a veteran guy to be able to stabilize the ship and at least try to get to the playoffs. Yeah, and he makes some fair points in the, in the sense that. 
you know, again, like I like I was saying earlier, that the Zach Wilson has been given an opportunity and he's been put in a position to succeed with that great defense. And yesterday, he, he was about the I'd say eleventh or twelfth biggest reason the Jets won that football game. A lot of it was special teams defense. Obviously, took the ball from Josh Allen, who we'll of course get to in our second segment. I'll go to you, Alfred. Now you're a Jets fan. Not only are you a Jets fan, you were in the building last night to experience all the emotional roller coaster of what uh, the, the ensuing three three and a half hours uh, ended up presenting. Uh, do you think the Jets should stick with uh, with Zach Wilson, who uh, you know you you've made fun of him and call? call him about his headband and, and, and all that or should they go in a different direction uh with a veteran quarterback so my answer is going to be based on the short term short term meaning the 2023 season in the short term i think yes they should stick with zach wilson and i'll tell you why number one out of all the free agent options available none of them are good carson wentz i don't want on my team uh nick Foles, i, I don't want on my team and then the, the the two retired quarterbacks you mentioned uh, in, in Matt Ryan and uh, and Tom Brady, they're not coming out of retirement. I don't see it. Um, and then you look at the other free agents left, Colt McCoy, Teddy Bridgewater, and then the rest of them are journeyman, lifelong second and third stringers. So I would take Zach Wilson over all of them right now. Number two, I think this is a more improved Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson only turned the ball over once last night. The Zach Wilson of last season or the season before would have turned the ball over maybe three or four times in the same game. Uh, you got to remember, he spent the entire training camp and the entire summer being mentored by Aaron Rodgers to the point where if preseason meant anything, he had a stellar preseason, didn't turn the ball over not one time, and he played every single snap of the uh, – uh, um, not every single snap. He played in every single game of the preseason. Also, if you go and get another quarterback – that quarterback now has to sit down and learn the offense. Zach Wilson knows the playbook already because he's been under Salah already for, for a year, this being his second year. So you don't have to worry about taking the time out to adjust the playbook. You don't have to change the playbook. Or you don't have to worry about the player having to learn the playbook because he knows it already. So, um, and also he has... 10 the, seconds, Al. He's got the elite defense that also helped him out last night. And if that defense continues to play that way, uh, it takes some, uh, some more pressure off the offense. Yeah, and, and you make an interesting point in regards to him being obviously kind of mentored by Aaron Rodgers. And the question is, you know, will how much will Aaron Rodgers be with the team? That's obviously a different subject. But how much will he be with the team moving forward with his rehab and whatnot? Obviously, you know, it does. Do they want him to be near Zach Wilson? I know I heard somebody talking today about maybe you don't want kind of the at least the guy who's been sort of the spearhead, the leader of your locker room for the last you know six months or a little less than six months. Uh, you know, just being around there to walk you, but does that kind of hurt the morale of the football team? We'll see. Finally, to you, Dalton, uh, do you think the Jets should stick with the third-year man Zach? Wilson, former second overall pick, or should they go in the direction of a Wentz or go go make a move? Again, you mentioned Matthew Stafford. Uh, I, I've heard that suggested today uh, in in uh, you know in sports media. Do you think they should go in a different direction than Zach Wilson? Um, I, I think it really depends on what the different direction is. Like to me, asking that asking it as a yes or no question, should they go in a different direction? I mean, look, if if Matthew Stafford is definitely available, I think you entertain it, but I also don't think you hemorrhage your. I don't. I don't think you hemorrhage your future to get Matthew Stafford either. Um, at the end of the day, you're dealing with a guy in Zach Wilson who last night wasn't great, but he also wasn't terrible. Like he had the one awful throw. Other than that, he was a game manager. He did what you need to make a game manager to do. And that offense is still pretty explosive. Every time Brees Hall touches the ball, I think he's going to break. I think he's going to break free. Um, I think they have enough of a running game that they can, you know, kind of sustain it. If they have Zach Wilson only making 15 to 20 throws a game. I don't think sticking with him is ideal, but their situation right now is not ideal at all. So, look, 
I don't think you entertain anything in the free agent market. I think you only entertain trades, but it's got to make sense. Like you, you don't need to get desperate here because Rogers went down. Like to me, you stick with Zach Wilson, you put your faith in Zach Wilson, you have Rogers get behind him and you only move if you have to, if it really makes sense. It's interesting too because the fact that obviously you got Zach Wilson playing last night. You mentioned the fact that he was he was a game manager again. The coaching staff didn't really ask him to do things that they had they asked to do the last couple of years and kind of be that that true franchise quarterback to put on your uh, on your back. Sure, the arm strength is going to blow you out of the water. He had that big pro day at BYU, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's he's able to to, to again put an offense on his back constantly, uh, time in and time out. So. I think at the end of the day, that's that's going to be you know that's going to be a question. So uh, before we get to point totals through the first round, we got a couple of comments here from uh, Max seventy three seventy three, big fan of yours, uh, Devin. He says the champ is here, Team Devin. Uh, very excited to see the reigning defending champion, uh, 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 Devin Nettles, come back in the building. Clint Alexander says the Jets have the worst luck I've ever seen. Barry, you and I were talking about this last night. This is truly a a cursed franchise. I know today, I think they said is is the twenty something year anniversary of what happened to Vinny Testaverde when he himself also popped as a Achilles. So it's it's crazy, crazy, terrible fate there for the Jets. And Max seventy three seventy three says, "Come on, Barry. Last week you had a crown on. Now you have the X on the grid hat." I gotta admit, I'm kind of with I'm kind of with Mac there in the, in the comments. And of course, everybody, feel free to chime in the comment section uh, if you so choose to make your thoughts and your opinions uh, heard. Speaking of my thoughts and my opinion, the host of that show, Devin Nettles, uh, not that great of a take. I'll, it's an okay take. I'll give it to you, Devin. The only thing, I, I, I reason I gave you an okay take is because I didn't really get a, a decisive answer. Again, you, we, we like decisive answers here on the eight o'clock spot, one way or the other. Uh, but listen, that's the adjustment you can make. You still have a chance to win, obviously. But uh, I, I didn't I didn't really get necessarily the sense of where you're going. Uh, Barry, a hundred points. I thought that was a good take on your part. Um, is it, it, is is fine. Um, I I think you're. You didn't really, again, give a direction which the Jets should go, but you did, unlike Devin, in fairness to you, you did give an answer in terms of them you know, going a different direction with a, a veteran quarterback. Uh, Alfred, I kind of disagree with you that they can go with Zach Wilson long-term, but I thought it was a good take in the, in the, in the sense that you brought the fact that, listen, Aaron Rodgers could still be around the building. Uh, you at least hope that in year three, A, with experience, and B, having one of the greatest quarterbacks ever mentoring you, uh, that would be something that, that you got to uh, you know you got to look at in terms of his success. And uh, Dalton Brown, I'm also going to give you 200 points. Again, I, I, I kind of disagree with you as well with them going with Zach Wilson uh, but I thought you brought something that's very important to me and that's nuance and you know talk about the quarterback market and is it necessarily a better option than Zach Wilson so uh, so solid first round by everybody but uh, Alfred and uh, Dalton the the winners here in round one to the second round sticking in this football game before we get to the second round by the way let's look at our second round rules a great take gives you 400 points a good take 200 and okay okay take gives you 100 points and a bad take is a big fat goose egg and to Josh Allen now the quarterback the other side who had a rough rough uh, Monday night football performance four turnovers three picks and a fumble multiple of those coming in the fourth quarter of this football game this is something that Josh Allen has struggled with throughout his career you think about the fact that since he's come into the NFL he's led the league in turnovers and even post Brian Dable he still led the league in turnovers uh you know going back even to 2021 he did have Brian Dable so he's really struggled in that regard so I'll start with you Alfred I'm sorry I'll start with you uh Barry do you think the Buffalo Bills can win a Super Bowl with this version of Josh Allen uh, absolutely. You can definitely win a Super Bowl with a Josh Allen. It's just about how you tailor the offense around said Josh Allen. Right. They've never had a running game since he's been there. Like he's pretty much been the prototypical running back for this team. They need to start to balance out this offense because what you're starting to see is an offense that's really, really unbalanced. And he tends to make a lot of mistakes because he feels that that's the only option to go to. 
I think there's a lot of pressure on him to throw to a Stefan Diggs because there's been some offseason tension. You even seen on the on the sideline where you know he pointed to his head talking to, to talking to, to Josh Allen. You can't do that to your quarterback. So there's a there's a lot of issues that they have to have, but it needs to be an organizational issue. I don't like the way the GM has put this team together. I don't like they they've been struggling running the, the football for years now. It's time for them to kind of take the reins back from Josh Allen and give him a better running game. So you're not giving him those chances to make these grand mistakes that he does make in these big games as well as the AFC title games. Yeah, and it's it, again, you're right. It's something that he struggled with, and it's something that Brian Dable was kind of able to rein back to a certain extent when he was the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. The pieces were better. Again, there's there's also the uh, Buffalo hasn't taken advantage, or at least been able to to structure the salary cap around the fact that obviously he had, he was on the rookie deal early. They got to an AFC title game in that span, but now he's on this big extension. Maybe it takes up some of the salary cap. However, we have seen some other teams succeed. You know, with Patrick Mahomes' contract, uh, Dak Prescott's contract, they've been able to put together a solid roster. Uh, there as well. The Rams did briefly uh, uh, in L.A. with Stafford. So, uh, you know, the question about whether or not they can do that with, uh, you know, with Josh Allen is, is a legitimate concern. To you, Alfred, now, do you think the Buffalo Bills can win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen, given his his recent struggles with, with the turnovers? Um, I, I do think so. Um, I I personally feel that the Bills are, are the second best team in the AFC, only behind the Kansas City Chiefs, which I know is ironic because the Chiefs also wow. took a, uh, a week one loss. Um. Like, like Barry did say, I do agree that the, the run game has been flat. But, however, Josh Allen, he's an elite quarterback. You got you to gotta admit, um, his, his numbers are fantastic. Yes, he, he yes last night was rough. But people got to remember, you can't panic after just uh, a week one loss. I mean, it was a loss that went to overtime. It was a close game. Um, he just happened to face a really good defense that was ready for him in the Jets. Look at all the pressure of last night. You're on the road divisional game september 11th espn monday night football the the crowd and again i was in that building last night the crowd was that that atmosphere that would have took any visiting quarterback out uh, uh nine out of ten of them so i just i just chalk it up to a bad game last night but i'm not gonna panic and say that uh, uh the bills need some serious work on offense uh, if you think the bills are not a, a, a contender uh, uh, judging them just from last night I, I think i think you're crazy and i would like to uh drink some of what you're drinking <laughs> that's interesting too and and listen it's I, I, I don't know. Again, I think with, with Josh Allen, I, I don't know if I necessarily consider him, or the, I certainly don't consider the Bills the second-best team in the AFC, at least from a roster standpoint. I, I'd probably give Cincinnati the edge, Baltimore the edge. That's on paper, Bryson, but we're talking about results. The, Bill, the Bills, in the, look at their win totals last season, season before their success. That that says otherwise. But I could also argue though the Cincinnati Bengals have been to back-to-back -back AFC title games with Kansas City. But listen, it's 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 a fair take. I'll get to you, Dalton, uh, right now. So uh, I, I'm not because I'm curious. You're, again, you're kind of new to the grid, so I'm I'm sort of unfamiliar with your opinion of Josh Allen. So uh, do you think the Buffalo Bills can win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen at quarterback? Well, I mean, of course they can. I just think the better question is, will they? And is it likely that they will? I don't think it's likely that they will, even though it's certainly possible that they can. I mean, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. It's not a question of, of can they, right? Here, here's why I don't think they will. I, I want to start by saying, number one, this whole thing where it's like, oh, they don't have a running game. That's a problem. Who were the Kansas City Chiefs running backs last year? Who were the Rams running backs the year before that? Who were the Patriots running backs the year before that? The last three Super Bowl winners 
have not had great running games. Or excuse me, the Buccaneers the year before that. These are not teams who had great running games, right? So, like, the idea that a quarterback can't win a Super Bowl without a running game, like, I think has been proven wrong over and over and over. But to get to specifically Josh Allen, he he's capable, right? But the problem, like, like, like we all saw last night, too many turnover-worthy plays in big moments for him. It's been a consistent thing for him throughout his career. It's cost him games in the postseason before. I think there need to be real changes to the way he plays if he's going to win a Super Bowl. That doesn't mean he's not going to be an incredibly successful quarterback. He's not going to, you know, win a ton of games. But when you come up against a great defense on the road in a stadium like that last night, you have to be able to win those games. Like, I don't want to hear this excuse that, oh, the Meadowlands was loud. Any quarterback would have struggled. Like, yeah, that's football. Like, you're going to run into tough environments on the road. You're going to run into adversity where you don't have the best running. Like, the best quarterbacks win anyway. And so – I think Josh Allen is very talented. I think he's capable of winning a Super Bowl, but I don't think he's shown what he needs to show to make me believe that it will happen. Yeah, and it's you mentioned the fact that all, all the things that, that need to happen in order for him to win a Super Bowl. The beauty of it for the Buffalo Bills, I guess the optimistic side and for Josh Allen is these are all things that are within Josh Allen's control. Uh, some of it maybe needs to be, I, I, this sounds weird, but like maybe like a, a little bit of a, a DNA or an identity shift to a certain extent. I mean, there's a play where he's going to be five, six yards short of a first down, and he's out here diving over two guys. It's like, what are you, you're putting your body at risk, you're putting the football at risk. Uh, he's a very reckless player uh, to a certain extent. That's that's something that uh, the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, too, you, you heard his frustration the post game um you know in, in MetLife Stadium that was a, a real concern for him Fi- uh finishing with you Devin uh do you think the Buffalo Bills can win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen at the quarterback position I think the Bills can win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen at the quarterback now that Aaron Rodgers is, is hurt and the Jets gave them kind of the division it kind of opened the door open back up for them and because in my opinion I felt like at first the Bills windows was closing you know because each year they felt like they was at the they was at the door but then it seemed like each year they kept taking a step back uh, each year. And then far as Josh Allen, I feel like with, with Dalton and uh, what you were saying, Bryce, is I feel like the Bills need to take the load off of Josh Allen. You having jo- The run game will help Josh Allen out so much when you have a dependable running back the way he can just hand it off. Because once again, we didn't see another butt fumble kind of yesterday um, with uh, Josh Allen. And that's because that you keep putting the games – uh, into his hand for him to do so much. You know, uh, you want him to pass to the digs uh, multiple times so digs can stay happy. Then he also got to feed the other wide receivers. And then you asking him to kind of be your leading rusher because uh, James Cook, he's, he do okay, but he's not going to be your your horse getter, your guy that keeps getting you over 100 yards each game. Um, so I feel like the calling for the Bills is have to be a running back for them to actually make it to um, a Super Bowl because they got a they have a good defense also because that defense also with Josh Allen turnovers kept them in the game with the Jets. So I, I feel like once they can get Von Miller back, um, hopefully they can find a run game to the um, offload of Josh Allen load a little bit. I think the Bills still have a chance. You know what? You said yes, but I think what's really interesting and, and a take I don't know if I thought of, and it, it's weird to think about this given what his his ceiling is, or at least what we've seen his potential is, should Josh Allen be like more like a game manager? It feels crazy to say, but like a game manager type role where he's it's kind of a balance with the running game. Dalton made the point about, you know, running games are, and I've talked about this on my show, carving it up, that running games aren't necessarily indicative of, 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 of you know, contending for and winning Super Bowls. Certainly the last four years they haven't been, but I think very interesting takes. Man, we got a lot of comments here in the comment section. We'll get to, to some of them. Uh, 
Sincere Brown says MetLife is cursed. That that is seen to be the case, particularly with uh, with 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 injuries. Uh, Shaheem Taylor says get rid of artificial turf uh, again. I agree. I just don't know if that's the reason Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I think that was more just a freak play than anything, just the way his his, his heel was bent there uh, on that play. Uh, Sincere uh, Brown says, Josh Allen, IQ and awareness in Madden has to be low. The media overdid it with the Jets from the hype by the Hard Knocks, uh, the hype, the Hard Knocks primetime game, etc. Not make excuses, but that turf has got to go. Uh, and so uh, we got a lot of Jets defense is good comments. A lot of Some people are saying that the, that the Bills can win a Super Bowl uh, with Josh Allen. So let's go through point totals because I thought everybody actually had a pretty solid round. So Barry went first. Uh, Barry, I thought it was a solid take on your part. Uh, so I gave you the, let's see, so that's, uh, let me do, yeah, yeah, okay, so I gave you a great take. Uh, I, I give you the, the full points for a great take. I thought, you, you know, you did a good job in articulating here, the fact here, that. Here's what I will say as well to your, your, your you can't win, uh, you don't have to have a great running back to win Super Bowls. Those okay. particular quarterbacks are miles better than Josh Allen. Go ahead. That's that's the you that's that's a fair point. And uh yeah, Miles you got, better. You got some Mahomes, you got some Mahomes. Brady, Stafford in a big time run. Miles better. Miles better than Josh. Miles IQ wise, miles better. Miles better. Sure, IQ wise, but that's not what you said. Yeah, that that means that you're better, yeah. Dalton. If you're smarter, you're better. Okay. <laughs> Not necessarily. I think Dak Prescott's one of the five smartest quarterbacks in the NFL, but you never put him in the top and five. But that's I, I I put him over I put him over Josh Allen right now. Okay. We agree. We, we agree, Barry. Okay, let's, let's move on to point totals. Moving on to point totals. I'll give uh, Alpha Parso Jr. a solid take for uh, Josh Allen. Again, I, 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 it was a decent take, but when we went to Bills with the second best team in the AFC, <laughs> it's not just even the on-paper thing. The results, given the hype, we talk about hype with the Jets. Hype with the Bills has been nuts over the last two years, and they haven't gotten to a conference title game. We we, we gave them more attention for a loss uh, than we have any of their their, their their wins, You know, given that loss to Kansas City a couple years back. So good take, not a great take, Alfred. I'll go to, uh, let's see, Dalton was next. Dalton, again, another great take on your part in terms of you bringing up the, the running game aspect. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, to, moving on now to Devin, the way De- De- Devin's kind of gotten himself back in the game, he's in he's in a close third place now with with, with Barry. I'm going to give you the full credit, Devin, because you you brought up the fact that hey, maybe Josh Allen needs to be sort of reined back in the sense that he doesn't need to be not just necessarily be the offense, but be sort of like a cog in the offensive system. And maybe does that mean that you need like an offensive philosophy change, a new head coaching change, a new offensive coordinator? That's that's going to be uh, that, that that maybe that's something that you need to institute. Sincere Brown dis- disagrees, I guess, uh, with with me and you, Barry. Dak over Josh, wow. Well, I don't. Th- I think today it's, it seems like a per- pretty, pretty reasonable take. I gotta say, uh, you know, both have been to as many conference title games in the last two years, and you know, we, we, we whatever. We, that's another discussion for another show. Let's move on to the third round. Let's move on to the third round. This could be a fun one, real quick. Third round rules. Uh, this, by the way, final round with the last four. Uh, 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 Panelists, so the, the top two obviously go to the final round in a winner-take-all matchup. But a great take gives you 800 points, a good take 400, an okay take 200, and a bad take zero. So we had two NFC contenders show up and flat-out show out, starting with the Dallas Cowboys waxing the New York Giants by a final score of 40 to nothing. It's been a bad last 24 hours for New York football. Good Lord. But the Cowboys' defense looked unbelievable. They got a touchdown. Cowboys' special teams got a touchdown. Offense played kind of conservative, kind of because there was no reason to play aggressive, uh, you know, given the fact that the defense was playing so well. Daniel Jones had a rough night, was pressured all day, but Dallas with a dominant 40 nothing win, and the San Francisco 49ers beat a, by the way, have you heard, guys, a very good football team in Pittsburgh? I, I, they may have not showed it you know, on Sunday, but man, 
Wilson, watch out for those Pittsburgh Steelers. And San Francisco came in and just absolutely waxed them 30-7. to I watched every second of that game, and as a Steelers fan, it made me quite upset, but I was happy to a certain extent for my man Sturdy Brock Purdy. That's neither here nor there. Starting with you, Alfred, uh, who had the more impressive showing? Was it the Cowboys against the Giants on the road, or was it the Niners against my Steelers on the road? I'm going to go with the Cowboys, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Number one, the Cowboys had the most lopsided week one shutout victory in the history of the NFL on Sunday. They won 40 to nothing. Now, why is that significant? Because all preseason, all I've been hearing, especially living in New York, from all these Giants fans is, oh, our team has improved. Coach Dayball this, Coach Dayball that. The defense is better, blah, 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 blah. And what happened? The Cowboys blanked them and, and put up a 40-burger. What's even more impressive about that is that, yes, we all predicted the Cowboys were going to win, but not even the biggest of Cowboy fans thought that they were going to beat them by 40. Uh, now, the 49ers, impressive showing. I know Brandon Ayuk and Brock Purdy both had great games, but at least the Steelers were able to go out with some pride and score at least one touchdown. The Giants couldn't even get a field goal. Uh, not to mention um, just the way that uh, that whole game went down and made people, it made Giants fans who were praising Dayball all offseason long and all preseason long look at Dayball like he was crazy because in the midst of a blowout, you still have your your quarterback out there who who um, you just gave this big extension to playing meaningless snaps. If he would have got hurt, Dayball probably would have been fired the next day. So um, I don't know. I, I just felt the, the Cowboys. And it was a divisional game, and they probably demoralized uh, the Giants to the point that I heard on on different radio stations throughout the day, yesterday and today, that uh, the Giants fans are questioning if their season is over already because of that slacking that they uh, they took. So uh, I, I think the Cowboys' uh, dominance was even was more impressive than the uh, the Forty ers well, listen, Cowboys beat a team that made the playoffs. Uh, San Francisco beat a team that almost made the playoffs. So, you know, the, the level of competition on the road was not was not just some some slouch. Div- Go to you, Div- Dolphins. Mind you, divisional what, what's game that? away in prime time. Yeah, so the familiarity is there, and, you, and that, you know, Steelers, AFC, NFC, so you had that sort of situation there. To you, Dalton, uh, do you think the Cowboys had the more impressive performance or your favorite team in the world, the San Francisco 49ers, had the better performance? Yeah, I, I don't like the Bay, but it's the 49ers. Um, to, to me... I feel even more validated by the fact that a lot of Alfred's argument was, I live in New York. I've heard from New York fans a lot. They fell flat on their face. No, like from from a national perspective, the answer is absolutely San Francisco. The numbers back it up too. Niners 5.9 yards per play. Cowboys 4.8 yards per play. Uh, Niners outgained them overall by 135 yards. Um, the Niners offense played better than Dallas's offense. I mean, Dallas's offense had, you could argue, a below average game. Now, I get it. Part of that's game script. But that's also part of why that game looked the way it did. You don't like, like, I'll put it this way. As a, as a better, I don't change my rating on a team because they block a punt and run it back for six, right? Like, as a better, we look at turnovers as a relative random thing over the course of one year to the next. Now, I'm not saying Dallas's defense wasn't great. It was, but the reality is you get two turnovers for touchdowns in the first couple minutes of the game. That changes the way the rest of that game goes. Now, look, Dallas kicked their butt. I'm not taking anything away from that. But San Francisco, all of their scoring came from their offense. Pittsburgh didn't have a first down until the second quarter, I think. It was at least a couple drives. It was right at the two-minute warning, yep. Yeah, so like to me, San Francisco was dominant in a way that is more repeatable to me. 
you can't count on block punts on block kick for touchdowns repeating themselves. You can't count on pick sixes repeating themselves. Now look, we're splitting hairs here. Both of these were incredibly impressive. But if you were to ask me who I was more impressed by, for me it's San Francisco. That's interesting. And I do see the Steelers as a better team, football team than the New York Giants as well. So I, I think that, that 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 you know that that's that's an interesting component of it as well. To you, Dalton, uh and, and try and be as at least objective. I know the Steelers are involved, but at least try and be objective here in this segment. Uh you know, not just, just bash my team for the next two minutes. But uh who is more impressive, the Cowboys or the 49ers? I think you meant Devin, right? Uh, Devin, I saw. I apologize, Devin. My bad, my bad, Devin. To you, Devin. Oof. Well, you already know where I'm gonna go at. Just for you, just uh, calling me the wrong name now. You know, at first I was <laughs> I'm gonna have to dock some points on myself. My bad, De- uh, Devin. That's points. on me. You gotta hand me some points, one or the other. But <laughs> no, and for real though, I think the 49ers had a um, better outing to me because simple fact that number one, we all had questions about Brock Purdy. Is he is he a real legit quarterback? Can he um, actually lead the 49ers back to? Um, back down to the conference championship again. Number two, they just traded Trey Lance away, who they felt like Sam Donald. If Brock Purdy goes down, Sam Donald is the backup guy who can finally lead the 49ers better than Trey Lance. So, and then the second, then the third thing is that I hate to say it, the Steelers have a better defense than the Giants. You know, I expected, <sighs> I expected TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick to actually show out on this game and, it didn't, I felt like they didn't show up at all. I don't need. I don't even think T.J. Watt even recorded a sack that game. What? He had three sacks. <laughs> I'm playing with you, Bryce, man. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. I just felt like that the forty um the forty nine is went up against a better defense and the way how they put a spanking on and then y'all didn't even really y'all total yards was total up to one yard at one point, man. But then that was like a long stint of a game. So I felt like the 49ers really showed up and they really brought Purdy answers some questions. So I'm going to go with the Niners. Listen, he had brought Purdy to answer questions. They weren't coming for me, okay? Because sturdy Brock Purdy is the real deal, and he's going to give the 49ers a true opportunity to win the NFC. By the way, I did pick the Cowboys to win the NFC. So, listen, I think the, both of those teams obviously have a shot. To you, Barry, our resident Dallas Cowboys fan, or dual fan, you're a Jets fan and, uh, you know, and a Cowboys fan. I, or the, he, am, he denies. I am not. He, uh, that's okay, debatable. Um, but you're, you're obviously you're big on the Cowboys. You love Micah Parsons. You love that Cowboys defense. Uh, did you think they had the more impressive performance over the 49ers? Absolutely not. I mean, they're playing the Giants. Who the hell gives a shit about the Giants? Uh, the <laughs> fact the fact that Captain <laughs> Captain Small Hands was oh, being hyped all off season. Nobody cared about the Giants. Nobody knew that. Nobody even gave the Giants a chance. So let's go ahead and talk about the 49ers. The 49ers, you know, I'm a big Brock Purdy fan. I think Brock Purdy is is a sound, solid quarterback, great IQ, knows how to command that offense. You know, we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers being one of the top five best defenses in football. T.J. Watt got free. He, he wreaked havoc in the backfield. But at the end of the day, that offense was still able to move the ball. You know, you saw Christian McCaffrey dominate the running game. Uh, you saw Brandon IU get free, and and they just they just let loose. So the game plan, the play calling, Shanahan dialed it up. They they executed well. They beat the hell out of the Steelers. It was a more impressive, uh, um, you know, performance from the 49ers. I'm not saying that the 49ers are better than the Cowboys. You know that that's another argument. But we're talking about better overall performance from Week One. You have to give it to the 49ers. They prove that they can be able to withstand a great defense even get some pressure. Brock Purdy was on his ass a little bit, but they were able to withstand that and still be able to dominate a football game. So shouts to the 49ers for that, but that's all I'm going to give. 
Yeah, they they, they play well. No, that that was um yeah that was that was a that was a really bad three hours to start myself. First game as a Steelers fan, and my team gets shellacked thirty to seven. That's love it. It's, it's, love it. Serves me right. I guess it serves me right. I guess to, from for switching teams. But listen, at, at, least, at least you weren't on the wrong side of history. So. I don't you're know about being. Fan. You're always on the wrong side of history. Uh, yeah, it's, it, you were, especially last night. Let's, let's go to let's go to some. Won last night. What are you talking about? Uh, you, you won the battle. You, you, you won the uh, battle. You lost the war. That's what that's what happened, Alfred. I'm sorry to tell you. It's just it's just not good. Uh, to to point totals. So uh, let's see. Alfred uh, went first. Let's go to Alfred. A solid take. It was, it was a solid take. The only reason I gave you a good take is because you were talking about Brian Dable might have gotten fired the next day if he uh, if Daniel Jones got her. I don't think I think that's a bit too far. Brian Dable's an excellent coach. He's established. He's uh, you know he's 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 as, as beloved in, in New York as as you know as, as as Fat Joe. I mean everybody loves Brian Dable. He's the man. So uh, listen, you got to give Brian Dable some love there. Uh, to uh, to Dalton. Good take on your part. Um, I, I, I gave you a good take, uh, which, by the way, gets you to a thousand points. The spoiler will get you to the final round. Um, but I, I think the simple fact that you, you mentioned the fact that Cowboys, the Cowboys can't repeat this. You gotta realize the Cowboys, I think, have led the league in turnovers the last two years. So they're a team that have gotten, you know, back to back, uh, years lead. Dan Quinn's teams tend to be a bunch of ball hawks. Uh, and then Trayvon Diggs didn't even have any interceptions. He was playing good cover, co- uh, uh, co- uh, co- coverage. And, uh, yeah, listen, he, he played well too. To Devin, uh, Good take, but when you start taking shots at uh, T.J. Watt and at the Steelers' defense, you're talking about San Francisco's more impressive, but then you take shots at my defense, okay? Be consistent, Devin. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for messing up your name, by the way. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. That's that's all. Yeah, my... you got to give me 1,000 points for calling me the wrong name. 1,000 points. Okay, you're getting greedy now. I don't know about 1,000. It's, it's, sorry, it's not enough to get you the final round because Barry Grant Jr. is our leading point getter going the final round. He's going to take on Dalton. Uh, Barry, great take. You gave my Steelers their love, but I think you also make good points in that, listen, Brock Purdy's a lot better than people give him credit for. You got Ayuk, you got Debo, you got a lot of playmakers in San Francisco uh, that could really give even the best of defenses like Pittsburgh some real problems on uh, San Francisco's when, once again going to be back in the championship mix. So, uh, Devin, the reigning champion, you're out. I, I'm sorry, my man. Again, I did not mean to mess up your name, but listen, it happens. You, you took shots on my defense, so we're even. And uh, Alfred, your, your last 24 hours has just gotten worse because you're eliminated off the 8 o'clock spot for the second second appearance in a row. So uh, well, we, we can catch up with you all at the end, but uh, you're going to have to remove uh, Devin and Alfred from the show. And look who we got here. We got Barry and we got Devin, great contributor, great co-founder. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. We got it. You got a rematch, rematch of, of what we've had uh, in in the past. So don't be messing final, up no names. Don't be messing up no names, Bryson. I know. Yes, yes. Listen, I, you know, I, I saw my man Shannon Sharp did that again with Skip earlier today. I love Shannon, but I, I got in that bug. I don't know what's going on. It's going around in, in sports talk today. I don't know what's what's happening. The final round is a is a winner take all. It is a do or die, sink or swim. The winner. Now, this round gets 10,000 points. The loser comes home empty-handed. Think of it as a sort of fast money type situation in like Family Feud. To our final topic, and what I thought personally was the game of the day, at least on Sunday, the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers, a great cool quarterback duel in which Tua Tungavailoa went nuts, throwing for well over 400 yards, three touchdowns, uh, had a QBR, I think in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken, or, low, or high 80s. Uh, pass ring was off the charts. Tyree Kill had a ridiculous afternoon with over 200 yards receiving. Uh, Justin Herbert Herbert had a solid afternoon, but struggled at times in the fourth quarter. So, given what Miami did yesterday, Barry, do you think they are the best offense in the NFL, the most explosive offense in the NFL, or do you think there's somebody else? I definitely think that they are the most explosive offense in the NFL just because of the the two bookend wide receivers that they have. I mean, when you have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, that's a hard matchup for anybody to deal with. You know, they both guys run a 
a sub four three. You know, Tyreek Hill is is more explosive than Jalen Waddle is, but you got got you know they both have their skill sets. You know, these two guys went over a, you know over three thousand yards receiving total last year combined, right? They can probably do it again and maybe go. Maybe they get close to 3,200 or 3,400. That's how good they are. And if Tua can be able to stay healthy, then, you know, it opens up the possibilities of this offense. We saw Skylar Thompson put up 31 points in the playoffs. So this offense is predicated to score a lot of points, no matter who's behind center. But Tua is going to make their chances a lot more dynamic because he can be able to scramble out of the pocket. He has a big arm. He can, He's left-handed. All of those things matter. So, yeah, and also, too, people have to remember they have a pretty solid defense. It's a bend-but-don't-break type of defense. So that defense allows them to get back on the field and be able to put more damage on teams. So this is why that offense is way more – uh, powerful, way more exciting, way more explosive than any offense in the NFL. You know, you probably would, would put the Lions up there as well, but, you know, we still have to see what the Lions have, you know, how they can be able to put it together and have Jamar, you know, Jameer Gibbs put it together and stuff like that. But right now it's the Dolphins and it's not even close because, yeah, I, I don't know how you deal oh, with Not even close. Teams. Yeah. Not even close. That's interesting. Well, listen, you brought the you know you brought Tua's arm, and that's something I always thought Tua had a good arm. I don't know if he's because he's put on some muscle this offseason. His velocity, I thought, was off the charts yesterday. He's throwing straight up darts. Uh, the, the, some of those bombs to Tyree Kill were were a thing of beauty. It looks like a left handed Patrick Mahomes. McCall, you know, I, I, don't don't strike me down, God. Yeah, but that was that was unbelievable. What what he was able to pull off. To you, Dalton. Now, uh, you're, you're an LA guy. You're not a Chargers fan, but I'm sure you saw the game like everybody else did. Uh, do you think Miami has the most electrifying offense in football? Um, if we're if we're defining electrifying by meaning like ability to hit an 80 yard play at any given moment, sure. But if we're defining electrifying as like best or mo or best ability to score a lot of points, no. Like, come on. Look, this is a Dolphins team last year. They ranked between seventh and thirteenth in EPA overall, pass EPA, rush EPA. It's an above-average offense. Don't get me wrong. But even yesterday, Tua made three clear turnover-worthy plays. He had one interception. He fumbled twice, one of which he recovered himself. That could have gone a lot worse. We're not talking about Tua this way. If one or two plays go differently and they lose, then we're having the same conversation about the Chargers. That simple fact, for me, takes away from this idea that it's head and shoulders their offense against the rest. And let's talk about Tua's day yesterday, right? Spending the whole day playing with deficits, playing from behind, back and forth game with short possessions, 62% completion rate, guys. Like, it's good, but it's not otherworldly. Like, Tyreek Hill is an amazing player. Jalen Waddle is an amazing talent. I get it, right? Like, in terms of, like, raw explosiveness, any given play, it's there. But we can't sit here and act. The other thing, too, Barry, come on with this Chargers defense stuff, man. Like, we're – the Chargers defense is nothing impressive. One week against that defense and going nuts against I didn't say anything the, about the Chargers defense. Well, let him finish, let him finish, Barry. Let him finish, Barry. <laughs> I, I, I just think, like, like we look, in the sports betting world, we call week two overreaction week, right? Because over generally yes. speaking, you're a very profitable better if you bet against teams that covered last week and you bet on teams that didn't cover. This is a classic example of that for me. The Miami Offense went crazy against a middling at best defense. And like, that's cool, but let's not act like they're all of a sudden better than the Chiefs offense or the Bills offense or the Lions offense or a number of others. Sure, they're in the conversation, but this head and shoulders thing, come on. 
I do agree with you that I don't think it's head and shoulders. I would probably give San Francisco a slight edge just because of the diversity of their offense and all the things they could do with running the football and, and throw it through the air and all the uh, all the action plays, all the motion plays that Kyle Shanahan runs. But I certainly don't think it's a – I mean, you mentioned the Chargers defense. The Chargers JV team just clamped to in, in the Dolphins last year. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fair – I see what y'all are saying on both sides. But if I could – because, listen, the, our celebration music has been delayed at times. So I'll go ahead and hit the celebration music right now and give it a second to load because the champion this week – at the 8 o'clock spot is Barry Grant Jr. once again. Barry, you are the champion. Congratulations. You know. You have the floor, sir. You know, Bryson, before I got on this show today, I said that there was a statement that I would like to have read. So if you would check your email, sir, there is a statement that I would like to have read because oh, I have been I have been done a disservice on this show. I have been done a great disservice on the grid network. I have been robbed several times in the finals, and I refuse to get robbed again. All right. God, this so is a I, long statement. Jeez. I, lo- I love Dalton. <laughs> Dalton is my guy. You know, I love to see Dalton in the finals. It's always good conversation. It's always good banter. If I lose, I don't I don't mind losing to Dalton. But don't let me lose to some other randoms out there. All right, I deserve to be in the finals randoms. every week. Every week that I'm on this show. You see this shirt? Look at the shirt. You see what the shirt says? It, it has Alfred's face on it, and it has an X on it. All right? There's a reason for that, because he came out here talking, right. crap, talking crap, and now I had to show him that he's no longer getting to the finals. That's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. That is so disrespectful. Okay, you, okay, fine. You know what? You win, so I'll, I'll give you – I'll read the statement. Hear ye, hear Yeah, I'm just kidding. Sir, Barry G. Grant Jr., the host of the All Even Podcast, has been a consistent participant of the show from its inception. In five episodes, he has made it to five final rounds and is the current leader of points. With that being said, there has been some inconsistencies with the final round scoring. That feels like a shot at me. Random people off the street have won. Contestants who have gotten beat worse than the Cowboys beat the Giants have miraculously won. We are not blaming Subject 1, Bryson Carver. However, there have been some public statements on other shows about Barry Barry G. Grant Jr. that have raised eyebrows about the host, Subject 1, me. Barry will continue to voice his displeasure with me and boycott any outcome that does end up in his favor. We thank the fans of the show for continued support of Barry G. Grant Jr. as he will continue to be the voice of the voiceless, the wrench in the machine, and the model citizen he is. There are so many citations that show his philanthropy that cannot be read today. We will continue to monitor the situation closely as he won't stand and let this visionary be mistreated by the grid or subject one. Good night. That was, man, that was... Um, Wow, I, I don't really know what to, I don't really know how to feel about that. That was you really was... wasted on air time reading that propaganda. I feel, I feel, <laughs> That's I feel, exactly what it is, Alfred. I feel vindicated. I feel justified by this victory, and I respect Dalton. You're my guy, but there had to be a clear cut winner today, and it was me. That's man. This I, you got to get him next week, Dalton. That that was that wasn't even a bad take, by the way. It wasn't even a bad take, but it was. Oh, somebody's got to somebody has to take this man down. Yeah, look, I, I think it's uh, – Barry, I'll just say this. It's an interesting look that every time you lose, it's the host's fault. Every time you're supposed to be my friend, okay? Don't, don't, don't do this now. Right, One thing I appreciate now. about Dalton is, 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 is harsh objectivity, okay? It's, it's, well, it's, yeah, that's the thing. Friends look out for each other 
whether that means let, whether that means looking out for them, period, or whether that means looking out for them when they're a little out of line. Dalton oh, yeah. is not a yeah. yes man. Dalton is not a yes man. Okay, he's he's not out here. He's he's not one of the your, your people who just feed your ego, Barry. Okay, that's that, that that that's what it is. So real quick before we get out of here, then we'll sign off. Uh, let's look at our updated leaderboard uh, where Barry Grant Jr. has taken a, a pretty sizable lead. Actually, you know, hold on, it's it's that's actually. Hold on, I think I might have messed this up. It's actually Barry's got a bigger lead than I actually thought. This is this is unbelievable. What he has done to to the fabric of the show is um is is truly. Alfred, do you have a reaction to him putting your face on a T-shirt? Uh he he took a great piece of merchandise and defiled it. <laughs> yep. But uh, I, I should have went to that Mets game tonight because they're up and yeah. That's know. terrible. That's terrible. Let's look at our leaderboard. Yeah, go. Yeah. What's that? No, no. I was saying this, this is the last time I waste very good sports tickets. <laughs> <laughs> this is I mean I don't know if the Mets would qualify as a very good sports ticket in September but whatever it is, it is what it is. Let's check the let's check the leaderboard. Uh Barry with a colossal lead over second place Devin uh the, the uh, Dalton's in in third there he gained some ground obviously. Alfred you, you're in fourth followed by Mike Frozen Guido, Adam Bessie of the Cowboys Cam Fan podcast and John Rivera. So uh man some something's going to happen sooner. We, we we may have to the subject one may have to may have to take the week off. This is this is this is a, it's unacceptable, I'll, guys. I'll we we got to be better. Be next week to try to you better. Title. You better. You, you better, Alfred. We're, we're going to need it. Okay, so that is all the time we have for tonight's 8 o'clock spot episode. Be sure to catch us next Tuesday night at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time, right here on the Grid Network's YouTube and Twitter channel and page. Please subscribe to the Grid Network. Follow all of our social media platforms. Thanks to all four of our panelists, Barry Grant Jr., Devin Nettles, Dalton Brown, and Alfred Parsar Jr., all incredible content creators here at the Grid. We hope to see you next week. Until then, oh, stay Mike. safe out there. Yeah, oh, did, 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 did. Mike, y'all right now. Make sure. Uh, get, get out of here. God bless y'all. Peace out. This is ridiculous. This is crazy.